Bang. Okay. Parsha. Now there's a story in the parasha. We all know the story very well. Nevertheless, it, it is a strange story. And uh, somehow we have to recover from the fact that we know it so well and think of it truly as a, as a strange story. And that is the story which begins with the words Vayivater Yaakov Levado. And Yaakov found himself left alone. He was extra. He was Yoter Levado. He was by himself. And he wrestled with a man. I mean, that's, you know, in, in Hebrew today, itavkut, I think, is wrestling. But it doesn't matter. It's something like that, whatever that word means. Rashi indicates, first of all, Rashi Yaakov, Rashi doesn't understand how it is possible that Yaakov Ovidu, who came with his four wives and all their children, and that's the only place that there was. It was just wherever they were. How could he be suddenly left alone? So Rashi says, quoting the Gemara, Rashi says, mm-hmm. He forgot small containers on the other side, where he came from, where uh, the place from which he came. And... And he uh, he went to find them. He went back to find them. So that Rashi is sort of telling us that this is an accidental event. I mean, you could make a lot of think a lot about pachim ketanim, but according to Rashi, there was no particular reason, right? Then Rashi explains quite at length what the word vaye avek might mean. This is a problem of. Uh, which begins with the words Menachem Piresh. Menachem is Menachem ben Saruk. And you know that Menachem ben Saruk wrote a dictionary. Uh, he lived in Spain. Uh, you know Menachem, there's a street nearby, nearby this building called Rehov Menachem ben Saruk, which is named after, it's like the streets of the grammarians. There are streets of what we call Rishonim and streets we call uh, we call grammarians. Rashi had a copy of the Machberet Menachem on his desk. You know, I sound like an advertisement for a museum. I mean, it may have been in his bookcase. But in any event, he used it all the time. And he gave it a tremendous amount of credibility. So he says, Menachem Peresh, Vayitaper Ish. Now you can look it up. It's like afar, ish, the shon avak. That afar, dust, and avak also is a word for dust. So that's what they rolled around in the dust. That's what uh, uh, that's what Rashi says. And after a long explanation, you look towards the end of that Rashi. Rashi says, "Pershur avotenu zal shu saroshel esav." That this angel is Sarosha Esav. Sarosha either means somehow he has dominion over Esav, or he represents Esav. But one thing is clear. What well, is if you ask a child in the street, right? Any child. A child goes to a cheder, a child goes to a more modern school. Who did Yaakov fight with? 
they will all say Saroshel Esav in one form or another. So that this commentary or this comment by Rashi became the standard interpretation. Yaakov is having a fight with Esav. Even though the Pasuk says Vayavek Ish Imo. We know that the word Ish in the Hebrew of the Rambam, right, also meant Malach. Right, there are Malachim angels called Ishim, that the Rambam says. Right, so Ish could mean either a a man, like a neutral kind of man without telling you who that is, and uh, uh, another possibility is that Ish means an angel. So Rashi, Rashi saying Saroshel Esav is sort of giving us the name of the angel. Which angel is it? It's the angel that is called Saroshel Yosef. ad alot What is ad alot This Rashi doesn't explain. I know that alot means dawn, but what does dawn have to do? with what the story is. Why would anything stop when there is a lot of shachar? And he, the ish, the angel, the saroshel esav, was not able to emerge victorious in this battle with Yaakov. So he grabbed onto Yaakov's heel and he held on to it right he his leg somehow right uh, okay uh, okay next question this Rashi is also technical and the angel says to him something that is odd Send me, let me out of here. Ki Allah shachar. Ki Allah shachar means the dawn. It's the dawn has come. That's a meaningless statement. I will not send you unless you bless me. What does this have to do with anything? Who said that the angel can give a blessing? who says that the angel is carrying around the blessing that he can give away. So Rashi explains as follows. Rashi says, Ki Allah shachar, remember the question we had? Sarich ani lomar shira bayom. Now this is really remarkable, Rashi, which most people know the Rashi. But if, you've, if you learn Pashat Shavua, it's a well-known Rashi, but it, it makes very little sense to me. <laughs> the angels, the angels had to sing in the morning. We imitate when we say Kadosh, 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 and they say Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. And this is what the angel was talking about. He had to go to the Beit Hamikdash, Pashamayim, and sing the praises of God. That was his job in the morning. So that the angel says to uh, to Yaakov, look, uh, me fighting with you, Yaakov, is only a part-time job. I don't do this all the time, but what I do do every day is sing the praises of God. And therefore, I can't spend any more time fooling around here, wrestling with Yaakov 
in order to prove something or other which we have no idea as yet what it might be. Uh, Rashi explains the second part, Ki also in a very odd way. Not odd, like it doesn't make sense, but odd that it connects with difficulty to the Pasuk. Ki Hodali al abrachot al abrachot lo yobar och abrachot bau lecha be akeva uvirviyah. Acha berchani avi sticha. Hodali al abrachot shberchani avi. Doctor Letterman will explain to you why it is that when you look at something very close, it gets cockeyed. Well, I can't even explain it to you. But you get more professional explanation. Sheberchani Avisha Sheisav Ma'er Alehem. Somehow Yaakov wanted to straighten out something that was on his mind, according to Rashi. That after all, he did steal the blessings. After all, there was a certain amount of duplicity involved. It wasn't that that there was a straightforward thing. So, so Yaakov is using this op- opportunity. Where Saroshel Aesab wants something from him. What does he want from him? Release. In order to go and sing the praises of God. And Yaakov says, okay, I will release you if you give me the bracha. Meaning, if you uh, uh, admit or announce or comply with the fact that the bracha that, that my father gave to me was really my bracha, right? Okay? Now we're up to Pasuk of Tet. So I think he sort of gives him a bracha. He gives him a new bracha. And the new bracha is that your name is Yisrael. He was Yaakov, now to become Yisrael. Differentiated from Avram Avinu, as you know, Avram became Avraham in every case, and the Gemara says that it's also to call him Avram after the name change. But when it came to Yaakov, the name change was facultative. Sometimes Yaakov is used, and sometimes Israel is used. Right? That that remains. That remains to be seen, but uh, we can remind ourselves nonetheless. Vayishal Yaakov Yomer Hagida Nashimecha. For some reason, Yaakov then turns to the angel who renamed him and said, Hagida Nashimecha, tell me your name. Vayomer Lamazetishalishmi Vayevarech Oto Sham. Why should you, why do you ask for my name? Uh, and he blessed him there. A naming of a place, Peniel, which is related to words Pana or Panim, Vatilatzel Nafshi. Right? So Rashi says, if you look at Pasuk Lamed Bet, it's the way people talk. When we got to some place, people say, then, you know, the sun came up. 
the son was uh, as though there was a uh, a connection there was a connection between the fact that we came to that place and the sun and that the sun rose self Rashi says that's the obvious uh, the obvious meaning of this uh, pasuk of Midrash Agada Be'izrachlo Litzorcho Lerapot et Tzilato to cure him from his limping uh, that was what remained of the fight between him and uh, and and the angel Kabadetema Shemesh Tzidaka Umarpei Biknafea Rotan Shaot Shemihara Rotan Shaot Shemihara Lishkoa Bishvilot Shiatsabi Beersheva Bihara Lizroth Bishvilot So Rashi somehow is connecting the Shkia of Beersheva when the, which the sun went down early to the Zricha now where the sun comes up early Bihara Lizroth Bishvilot Vahutzoleya that's what the Pasuk says. He was limping. Rashi says, He was limping when the sun came up. Finally, the last Pasuk, the last Pasuk says, Pasuk Nashe. And then there's a, a pasuk that talks about a minhag. A minhag, as opposed to a halakha, is not based on an authoritative uh, 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 pronouncement. It doesn't come from the Sanhedrin. It doesn't come from, uh, from the chief rabbinate. It comes from the people. The people decided that they should commemorate this event that took place between Yaakov and Sarosher Esav, even though it's not perfectly clear why this event was important. We know that the renaming of Yaakov took place again in this parasha. Right? God renames Yaakov Yisrael, so that the naming that he received here is, is not clear. And the bracha that he received, that somehow he was not a criminal uh, is something that he could have re- received from his father, from his grandfather. It didn't have to come from the angel. So I'm not sure exactly what the fact that he limped afterwards, what that means, what that has to do with anything. Why, why would I want to commemorate the fact that Yaakov Avinu, after all, we're not talking about eating kosher food now. Right? Everybody was eating non-kosher food. Right? So that to avoid eating the kira nasheh, uh, the sciatic nerve or vein or whatever, whatever it might be, uh, I'm not good on practical things. The, whatever, whatever it was, whatever it was that people didn't eat, it wasn't from a sense of the kind of kashrus that we know about where there is kosher meat and unkosher meat, and maybe things connected to unkosher meat are also unkosher, because everybody ate unkosher meat, but the minhag was not to eat the gida nashe. And the pasuk says, gida nashe ashal kafa yarecha di yom hazeh, gida gabe kafa yarecha yakov bi gida nashe. Because somehow Gira Nasheh was invited, was involved in this battle, and this battle was a great victory for Yaakov, and it's hard for us to understand 
what the great victory of Yaakov over Saroshel Esav was. Of course, it's true that later on when Yaakov comes into frontal confrontation with Esav, Esav backs down. So in the Shakespearean vein, you know what I mean? Okay, if you think backwards, you think, so like Shakespeare, you know, Shakespeare had this way, like he was killing everybody in the play, because, you know, those were the, uh, the kind of good effects you could have in those days. Oh, he was dying. So then there was an intermission. And then during the intermission, a few clowns come out, and basically they clown around, but they say, don't worry, everybody is dead, but somebody will be left, so they'll be all right. Don't leave the, the Globe Theater just yet. So in, in this story, in this story you have something like that going on. Here's Yaakov. Yaakov is being beaten down by everybody. Right? First he's beaten down by Esau, chases him out of the country. His parents say, you better get out of the country and don't marry somebody, uh, don't marry somebody who, uh, who lives in Canaan. In, uh, in uh, Aram Narayim, in Aram Narayim he was, uh, you know, he was, uh, had to deal with Laban and Betuel and, 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 and Rachel and Leah. I mean, he really, he really comes from a, a, a bad place. Not a bad place, but, you know, it's not Yaakov, the star of Jewish history. It's something else. And then, uh, uh, through this story, there's a transformation. Yaakov becomes a winner, uh, the one who the one who knows what to ask for, the know who the one who knows how to get whatever it is he needs, and he's totally changed when he comes in and confronts Esau. He's not afraid. I mean, the same Yaakov who ran away from Eretz Canaan because of his fear of his brother, no longer seems to be afraid, and therefore uh, we are left with this general question: like, what happened? What was this transformation that took place? And why did it have to take place in this way? I mean, if there's an answer to that question. Then there are a couple of details, right? There's Alot HaShachar and Alot HaShachar. There's Brachah. But how we, we saw the words which might be uh, uh, important in understanding the big question, which is, again, why, why did the transformation of Yaakov from being a 90-pound weakling to Yaakov in charge of the world. Why did it take place in this way with the wrestling with Sarosha and Sam? What meaning is there that we could kind of extract from this, uh, from this story, which helps us to understand the development of Yaakov from the old Yaakov to the new Yaakov? So to understand that, I bring two sources. One is a Mishnah and Chumin, a Mishnah at the end of Chumin of Ratigid and Hashem, and the other is an interpretation of Rakuk of an Agadata in the Gemara. First, the Mishnah. First, the Mishnah. Do you see it on the sheet? So he says, Noeg betahorah, they don't know Heg betameah. This Isur of Gid and Hashem, which is the topic of the Mishnah. But the Mishnah is talking about it halakhically. Where is it exactly? And how do you cut it out? And how much do you have to cut out? All of that. So uh, the Mishnah then says, No heg b'Torah. Gira Nasheh is only um, a, a deficiency in a kosher animal. Right? no no heg but not in a non-kosher animal. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Af 
bitmea. Rabbi Yehuda says, no, it doesn't matter, kosher animal, non kosher animal, you're not allowed to eat the good on the shek. Amar Rabbi Yehuda, alomi bnei Yaakov nesa gira nashe vadayin vehemat tmea muteret lahem. So Rabbi Yehuda says, I don't understand your position. In the time of Yaakov Avinu, they stopped eating the gira nashe, but they were eating vehemat mea. They were eating non tamei meat. There was no such thing as as kosher meat. Amrulo, so they said to him, which could mean, yes, it's true, you have to understand that the prohibition of Gida Nasheh started at Har Sinai, when God gave the Torah to Bnei Yisrael. So part of the Torah was kosher, non kosher. In the kosher, non kosher section, there appeared the Gida Nasheh. And the Torah said, you can't eat the Gira Nasheh, right? But you can't eat the Gira Nasheh from an animal that you could eat. I mean, of course, you can't eat the Gira Nasheh from a non-kosher animal, because you can't eat anything in a non-kosher animal. So, so whether the historical event with Yaakov and Sarosh Sab would have been irrelevant. It's only relevant, it's only relevant for, uh, for uh, a kosher animal, in that kosher animal, you're not allowed to eat the gira nasheh. That's the, the conclusion. That's the conclusion of the Mishnah against uh, against uh, uh, Rabbi Yehuda. So you see, you see that that this idea that you could create a mitzvah, that you create a mitzvah for Har Sinai, is attacked in the Mishnah. A mitzvah is only something that comes from God. It's not something that, I mean, there are other opinions, yes, but that's what this vision seems to say. The two mitzvot that are, that are found in the book of Breshit, the two mitzvot that are found in the book of Breshit that uh, apply to this rule are Brit Milah and Gida Nasheh. Right? Brit Milah and Gida Nasheh. But both of these mitzvot, the Torah Pes says, they were only mitzvot, only mitzvot when the Torah was given at Har Sinai, even though it seems that Brit Milah was also done by the Jews in Mitzrayim, and when they left Mitzrayim, they didn't do the Brit Milah, which is the same as saying that they did it, right? You know, as if they couldn't do it, but that was only because they wanted to do it or thought they should do it. And when it comes to Brit Milah, there's a pasuk in Vayikra, right? In in, uh, uh, in Tazriya, in the parish of Tazriya. So there, clearly, even if there was a minute to do Mila before, there is a direct uh, um, statement in the Torah at Har Sinai, from Har Sinai, that Biyom HaShmini Yimol B'Sar So this problem is an interesting problem, or is an interesting question. Did the Jews keep Gira Nasheh? Did they think it's a mitzvah? What did they think it's a mitzvah? What did the sons of Yaakov do? I mean, all this uh, is very interesting. But in the Perish Mishnah of the Rambam, which we're now going to look at, he says, he says this, Ein Yehuda, third line, Ein Yehuda, Vesim libcha leklal hagadol hazeh Pay attention to the great rule that is found in this Mishnah. 
And that is that they said, the Tanaim said, that the prohibition to get on the Shek comes from Sinai. Vuhu, Shatatsarich Ladachikholma, Shaanu Nisharim Imenu, O Osim Otohayom, Eina Osim, Eina Anu Osim Zot Ela Mipneit Sivui Hashem Al Yidei Moshe. That whatever we do today, we accept uh, a bitzvot and we deny uh, uh, negative commandments. We don't we don't perform the negative commandments only because God told us to do that at Sinai. The point the important the, the important thing is that we, we do the mitzvah brit milah because God told us to do it at Sinai and not because Avram Avinu did it and Yitzchak and Yaakov not not because of that. That was. PC, you know, private communication. That was something God said, you do this. It's good for you, Avraham. But when, he, when God said that to Avraham that he should do the Brit Milah, he wasn't talking to me. But when God said at Har Sinai do Brit Milah, then God was talking to me. This is the great principle that the, that the, the Ramam is talking about. Lo shikadmu. This is not because uh, of what the uh, God told the prophets in earlier times. I'll give you an example. We don't eat a limb taken from a living animal. Not because that when God spoke to Noah, he told them that there's a prohibition of Eva Minachai, of eating the limb of a, light, of a living animal. <laughs> but it's because Moshe Rabbeinu told us at Sinai that you can't eat Eva Minachai. So even though the Sheva Mitzvot B'nai Noah, the seven mitzvot that all the people in the world were commanded to include the mitzvah or the prohibition of Eva Menachai, we also do not eat Eva Menachai, but not because it's one of the Sheva mitzvot B'nai Noah, but because it was told to us directly at Har Sinai. This is an idea that the Rambam really likes. V'chein ein anu malin. We don't circumcise our children. We don't do it because Avraham Avinu did it. We don't do it for that reason. And as God told us through Moshe Rabbeinu to circumcise our children, the manner that Avraham Avinu did it. But not because Avraham Avinu did it. I know there's a question about the bracha, don't ask. Same thing is true about Gid HaNasheh, that we don't eat the Gid HaNasheh because Moshe Rabbeinu told us not to eat the Gid HaNasheh, not because it was a minhag that started the time of Yaakov Avinu. Hello, Tir'eh, Amaram, Sheish, Mioch, Lojus, Rei Mitzvot, Nehru, Lolo, Moshe, Bissinai, Kol, Elu, Michlala, Mitzvot. So there you have it. There's an idea. There's an idea. Yaakov Avinu, Yaakov, the Pasuk says, 
They didn't eat the Gid and the What does the Rabbim say that comes to teach us? The Rabbim says comes to teach us that that's not me. That's only Yaakov Avinu. And whoever knew him, whoever was close to him, but I, I don't need Gid and because God directly commanded me not to eat the Gid and the And that for the Rabbim is an important thing. It creates 613 mitzvot, otherwise there would be less, right? There would be mitzvot before that time. So that's one idea that I want to uh, uh, present. The second idea that I want to present is a Gemara, is a Gemara and Brachot. So here's the Gemara. Omar Abi Levi, Bacham, Omar Shimon, Lakish. Lolam Yagiz, Adam, Yesha, Tova, Yetzara. It's kind of a Largiz. Largiz means to, to annoy, to get angry, to anger. So, what's the case? What are we talking about? There's Yetzahara, the Gebara says. Yetzahara. What's Yetzahara? A little hard to define. We like to, today we like to talk in psychological terms. We don't like to talk in magical terms. In psychological terms. Everybody has an inclination to do things sometimes that he or she knows they shouldn't do. We call that yeah, we'll call that Yetzirah. Somebody knows he shouldn't smoke, he smokes. Those shouldn't drink, and he drinks. Somebody knows that he shouldn't uh, well, whatever, whatever it is. But you do it anyway. So that we we the language of the rab, uh, rabbinic uh, uh, language, that's called Yetzirah. In a modern language it could be called anything else that you might find appropriate. So Sounds like it means when you know that the Yetzirah is getting at you, like, you know, just do it, just eat, well, just eat that, just do it once, you know, whatever, whatever your Yetzirah is. Yargiz, you, you could you get the Yetzirah annoyed, angry, upset with the Yetzirah. A lot of the Yetzirah says, don't do that, you know, be good, get stuck up, learn a little Torah, God, look at the sunset, you know, all of those things, that's Yetzir Tov. So, La'olam, forever, you should have the capacity, you should be able to control the Yetzir Harah with the Yetzir Tov. That's what the, the first line in the Gemara, in the Gemara says. Shinehemahar. And so, of course, the, the quotes of Paul. So, again, the Paul is found at the beginning of Tehillim. Regizu, Rigzu, do anger, get anger, but don't sin. How does how does that work out? You you anger the Yetzirah with the Yetzirah Tov, and at the end there's a kind of uh, compliance of the Yetzirah. Apparently, that's what that's what it means. If the Yetzirah Tov wins at the at this particular occasion. Hey, that's great. Ve'em lav. If the Yetzirah Tov is not good enough, right, doesn't, not strong enough to build the big Yetzirah, then Yasov Batorah. So, so Torah is not just a distraction, but it's actually a palliative. You know, you get into learning Torah, so you're not going to be so interested in, in the Yetzirah, because you got something else that you do. Shnemar, Imru, Bilibavchem. That's the continuation of the Pasuk. The Pasuk begins with the words, Rigzuv al tichetau, then Yimru levavchem, ve'em nitzchol mutav. And if the Torah 
study wins, so that's great. Vem love, and if it doesn't, yikra kriyatshma. The Gemara says, then you should you should read kriyatshma shenemar al mishkavchem on your beds. Imitzchu mutav, right? And if kriyatshma wins over the Yetzirah so that's great Vimlav Yizko Lo Yom Hamita Shinema Vidom Vidom Sela that's what it says in the Pesach Vidom Sela so if not if the if the uh, Kriyat Shema doesn't win so just mention that you know death is nigh and you know you'd like to get to Olam Haba in a good in good shape. You don't want to get to Allah Baba doing an Avera, you know, while you're doing an Avera. So the the Pasuk says, and this is what the and the explanation of the Gemara is, that there's a, a struggle that people have with the Yetzahara. And again Yetzahara, we can restate that in any way that is appropriate. People have a struggle. People have a struggle with the Yetzahara. And we have ammunition that we can use against them. The first, the first thing is Lahargiz Yetzer Tov Al Yetzer If that doesn't work, we have Talmud Torah. If that doesn't work, we have Kriyachma, And if that doesn't work, we have Laskir Yom Amita. But the Pasuk, as it is explained in the Gemara, the Pasuk explained in the Gemara has this, like we have an arsenal. We have, we have Yetzer It's like, um, you know, it's like we have inside of us all these terrible things, the viruses and bacteria and all kinds of things that could really do us in. Uh, if they could just get out of whatever is entrapping them. But we also have antibodies and, 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 and all that kind of stuff that keeps it all in some kind of balance. It's only when things get out of whack that, that we're affected. But we're always carrying around this tremendous amount of, of miserable stuff inside of us, which our body is constantly fighting against to keep it, uh, you know, to keep everything in place. You're like, not let it, you know, you don't want those cancer cells to go out, but they're there, right? It's not because you just somehow you manage for whatever period of time to keep it all in check. So we think the same way about Yetzer Ra and Yetzer Tov. The Yetzer Ra is like, some, it's like some kind of disease inside of us. And we have ways of keeping it checked, of, of holding it back. So this, Sir Rav Kuk, when he was a young man, I think he was already in the Robin Boys, uh, but he was, a young, he was really a young man. I mean, I can't even look back that far to see my, when I was that age. Too far, too far back. Well, he was a young man. He started writing a commentary on the Agadot in Shas. Starting from Brachot. And he had, you know, these notebooks. He wrote things in notebooks. He just wrote and wrote. He was very un, um, uncontrolled in his writing. He just wrote all the time. And uh, eventually, they found the notebooks, naturally, and uh, they published... Uh, these Agadic comments that Rav Kuk wrote on Brachot and Shabbat, the first two Masechot of Shas. Right? And he went through one after the other. And he, he wrote a commentary. 
And what we're going to do now is his commentary on that Agatha that I just read. Right? So now, so he starts, you see uh, the highlighted part, Omar Levi Barchava, blah, 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 one, two, three, the fourth line. You see the fourth line? Here the Rav Kook says something which I think is quite remarkable. Akochot be'adam hatovin v'haraim. Does everybody has kochot, <coughs> abilities, powers, uh, uh, talents? He says there are tovim and there are ra'im. There are good ones and there are bad ones. Tachlitam lishtamesh bahem b'der hatovah. So our purpose in life is to kind of use our talents in a positive way. Uh, so he says we have inside of us forces that could be called Yetzirah we can do too much of this and too much of that and we won't take care of ourselves we won't do the right thing but those same forces that cause us that we call Yetzirah because they do bad things either to us or to others they also contain within themselves the power to do good because they are after all they are powers right so let's say let's say somebody is a very physical person to beat up other people and uh, and steal their money. Well, wouldn't it be good if that same person is in a bank when the bank robbers come in and he beats up the bank bank robbers? So the same co-op that he uses for bad, he could also use for good. So he says there is no such thing as a yetsahara. There's only the power that is misused, which is called yetsahara. That's what that's what Rav Cook says, and therefore. I'm on the two, four, six line. It's not a good idea to weaken them. You don't just shoot up antibiotics so much that everything in its way is going to die. No, not that's not true. Sometimes you need that power which you call Yetzirah for good, right? And, and they won't be there. I mean, what happens to you if you knock them out, if you drive them away? They won't be there. So really, what's the best situation that you can find yourself in? That all these powers inside of you, which we call sometimes Yetzirah, they're always there, right? Kulam b'miluam v'tovam. Raksha kochot ha-tovim iyu ha-shalitim b'nefesh v'harayim iyu kofufim Tachat v'haraim. I'm sorry. Let me read the line again. Raksha kolchot ha-tovim yiyu ha-shlikim. Yetzirah doesn't have to destroy Yetzirah Tov. I'm sorry. Yetzirah Tov does not have to destroy Yetzirah. Yetzirah Tov just has to control 
You have to be a person who could make a controlled decision at a particular moment. That's called Yetzer HaTov. Not that the Yetzer Ra has gotten rid of you. So if you, if you go to Yeshiva, you know, and you want to pr- practice the piano, and you say to the Rosh Yeshiva, do you think I could practice? He says, no, this is Yeshiva. Wrong answer. Right? But the right answer is that if you go to Yeshiva, so that's your primary interest. But there are other things that could be good. They're good. It's good to have somebody in the yeshiva to play music and, and enjoy and play at weddings and simchas, etc. So the tov and the ra, the tov and the ra are not perfectly defined. And the yetzer hara, the yetzer hara, what we call yetzer hara, that means we just allow it to be yetzer hara. But if we controlled it, it wouldn't be yetzer hara. It might even be tov. It might even be tov. That we have to get to a situation where the, the good in you is, it possesses the authority, is in charge. And that the ra'im, the things that are called ra'im, are just uh, uh, waiting for permission from the tovim to act in whatever way uh, they, they can. It's like almost Ishbitz. He says, Ra'im, there's no such thing as Ra'im. Ra'im is, if you control it, if you know how to use it, they're also Tovim. Everything is Tovim. Bishamram et Gibulam. If you're able to watch over and create a barrier. Vihimei mitzad teba adam. And so generally speaking, the bad forces are more alive and willing to act than the good forces. Okay. <coughs> So you have to act. Because of that, because the Yetzara is sometimes more active than the Yetzara Tov. And the Yetzara Tov is kind of like we're laid back and, and, and you know, uh, flower children and Pithikim, uh, you know, those are the people who don't do much. So the Yetzara gets in. So you have to be able to yargis. That's what the Gemara said. You have to you have to use your yetzer tov. You have to be able to activate it. You can't just be tov de facto, because if you're tov de facto, you're allowing ra to take a front seat in your in your train of life. That's no good. That's no good. So you have to activate yargis adam at yetzer tov al yetzer yetzer hara. Okay, so get back to the Gemara. Get back to the Gemara Brachot. The Gemara Brachot says, And Rakuk explained that. He said, This is uh, something you have to understand. We have these tendencies. We can make good if we want to, but we have to work at it. We have to do something. And then the Gemara goes on and says, The same thing is true about Talmud Torah. And then further, the same thing is true about Kriyat Shema. And then the same thing is even more true about Laskir Yom Ha, Yom Amita. 
So if we get back to our psukim, if we go back to our psukim, I would posit, I would posit the following. The psukim tell us, not that Yaakov Avinu beat Sarosh uh, Esav, but that it is an indeterminate uh, semi-victory. It's not finished, this battle between Yaakov and Esav. But if you would ask, what was going on? Why, why were there twins that were born to Rivka? Why Yaakov and Esav? Why this ongoing battle? Why this ongoing battle? So you might say, as the Gemara seems to say, that Yaakov and Esav become the model of reality for Am Yisrael. Then in some way, Am Yisrael is an eternal battle with Esav. Eternal. They never can get rid of Esav. They don't seem to be able to emerge victorious that it's clear to everybody that they are that they are victorious but rather rather Esau is a kind of a force that enables Yaakov to reconsider himself what does Yaakov say? Yaakov says oh I'll let you go if you announce to the entire world that I received the brachot legitimately it was Yaakov de facto understands that this battle with Esau is meaningful that he has to assert himself he has to become the, the Yaakov the only Yaakov in the world and while he bungled around in his earlier life in this way, one way and in the other way now he's going to now he's going to set it straight then there is this issue this issue with uh, with the Gida Nashe. And what does Yaakov say? Yaakov says, I know that that uh, the Torah, only the Torah can tell me the truth of things. And the Torah will always mitigate the assessment that people make. But right now, it makes sense to me that we should avoid eating the Gida Nashe. Even though I know that in the ultimate sense of things, It'll be God's directive and not the memory of Yaakov that will make a difference. Because Yaakov, after all, after all, was learning about Yaakov. He was learning how to be. He was learning how to be. He was learning how to deal with the Yetzahara, which enabled him to steal the Bechorah, and then enabled him to come and, 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 and deal in a kind of unsavory manner with the bracha that Yitzchak was going to give to Yaakov. So, so Yaakov was, was learning now about Yaakov. He was learning about Yaakov and he was changing. And so the angel said, I feel in you, Yaakov, Israel. I feel that you're a new person, that you're learning something about who you are and what you are. So that Esau became for Yaakov a learning experience, so to speak. Esau was not his brother who wanted to kill him. He was a brother, a, a, a force that had to be contained, that had to be controlled. Otherwise, he, Yaakov would become, would have become like, uh, like Esau. By Yisrach Hashemesh, right? This all happened when the sun came up and the angel said to Yaakov, 
I've got to go, I've got to go and sing the song of the Beit Mikdash of Mala, right? Kadosh, 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 Hashem Tzvot. Malokal Aretz Kudah. I've got to go. And Yaakov, and Yaakov said, yeah, it's true. He's got to go. He's someplace that I have not gotten to yet. And so you see in the, in the Gemara, in the story that we read, you have those two moments, right? You, the Yetzer Hatov, Al Yetzer Hara, and Kriyat Shema, right? Both of those moments of the four that are mentioned in the Gemara seem to be indicated seem to be indicated in the uh, in the story of Yaakov and Esau because the time of Zerichat Chama as you know is the time of Kriyat Shema and the time of Kriyat Shema Ubirchotea is when we sing the song that the angels and Saroshel Esau apparently was one of them that the angels sing sing on high so that this story is about the redefining of Yaakov by Yaakov Yaakov understood himself. He understood himself that he had to do something. He was not like Avram Avinu who came into the world and became perfect, nor was he like his father Yitzchak who knew, didn't know anything but perfection in his lifetime. He wasn't even brought up in an imperfect, in a perfect world. But Yaakov himself had to somehow come to the conclusion that perfection was within his reach. He could get to it. And that's what he learned from Saro Shel Esav when he came back to Eretz Yisrael and understood that he had to uh, re, uh, re-accept or, or reclaim the bracha that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave him through his father at the time of the giving out the brachot. Have a good Shabbos.